The next piece is from Dr. Susan Wicklin's journal entries in her memoir, This Common Secret. Journal entry, August 1990. Scared, so scared. Hard to think, heart pounding. Try to avoid the protesters in front of the clinic. I hid in the backseat of a taxi. Went to the back door of the clinic, two men there. One man grabbed me and slammed me up against a park van, his face in my face, screaming at me, you kill her, you kill her, you deserve to die. Stop killing babies, Susan. I struggle, got away from the van by just inches and they threw me up against it. Screaming, I hit send on the phone. I hoped someone would hear. I felt my hip slam into the side of the van again, heard another voice, the back door was open. Attackers briefly let go and I ran for it. I feel like I'm still sitting in a frantic dream. I need to gather myself enough to see patients. I need to cry. January 27th, 1991. On the weeks that I drive to the Fargo Clinic, 240 miles from my home, I always stop at the edge of town and call for a protester of the day report. One morning, the activity is particularly bad, so I put on a wig, a heavy coat of makeup, long black jumper, tennis shoes, and sunglasses. I park my car blocks away, and I walk toward the clinic. I can see a crowd gathered there, 100 of them, all people whose only objective it is to keep me from my work. They are after control. Control of me, control of the women coming to the clinic, control of anyone who believes differently than they do. At the edge of the crowd, I begin mingling. I hear myself shouting their awful words just to play the part. And finally, I'm at the front lines. I take off my sunglasses as I move closer to the guard, silently signaling with my eyes, it's me, it's me. And his eyes find mine, color drains from his face. I nod. He moves slightly to the side, opening up a path, and I dart through. I never look back. On my return flight to Minneapolis, I'm anxious to see my daughter, Sonia, and Randy, my husband. And the elevator opens on the fifth floor of the airport parking garage, and it strikes me how devoid of people it is at 10 p.m. I walk toward my car, and I see movement inside a van about 50 feet away. Three people emerge, two men and a woman, protesters. My first instinct is to turn and flee. They come at me, I feel like prey. They begin with their stream of words. Susan, you have to cop stop killing babies. You have to stop killing babies. How dare they speak my name as if they know me. My body feels hot. I mean, they've come 300 miles to meet me in a dark parking lot. I look into their faces now two feet away. How dare you, I scream. How dare you? How dare you? You go to my home. You terrorize my daughter. How dare you? Words are my only weapon, my only power. They stop, and I can see shame register. And suddenly I'm at my car. I throw my pack inside. I drive out into the dark, big night, and I pull over to the side of the road. I want to vomit. The siege continues for weeks. Randy, Sonia, and I are now at the house in Wisconsin, and I'm due in Fargo again the next morning for a clinic at 9 a.m. A great many protesters begin collecting outside, a motorhome pulls up the end of the drive, and then groups of men move in huge cement blocks to block our way out. I call the police. They say it's too dangerous for the officers to come in the dark. If the problem is still there in the morning, backup help from other counties will be called. I begin pacing. I have 15 patients scheduled, and I am determined to get there. I make a phone call to a woman in town who's offered help. Randy gets my gun. Okay, I can edit. Yeah. I can edit. That's why I just... Okay, so there's a pull-up here. 
Um, do you mind backing up in the yeah. middle? It'll overlap. I begin pacing. I have 15 patients scheduled, and I am determined to get there. I make a phone call to a woman in town who'd offer help. Can I start again? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's good. Why don't you go back to the beginning of that section? I did. Oh, you, did. oh, you mean no, the siege continues for weeks? Yeah. Whatever. Your choice. Okay. The siege continues for weeks. Sonia and I are at the house. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. That's go ahead, right. start yeah, again. No, yeah. The siege continues for weeks. Randy, Sonia, and I are at the house in Wisconsin. I'm due in Fargo again the next morning for clinic at 9 a.m. A great many protesters begin collecting outside. A motorhome pulls up at the end of the drive, and then groups of men move in huge cement barrels to block our way out. I call the police. They say it's too dangerous for the officers to come in the dark. If the problem is still there in the morning, backup help from other counties will be called. I begin pacing. I have 15 patients scheduled, and I am determined to get there. I make a phone call to a woman in town who'd offered help. Randy gets my gun. I go out the back door, downhill on a narrow, brushy trail to the edge of a swamp, then along the river to an old trail. Step by step, I make my way. Please, please, just let me make it to that dirt road. I reach the prearranged spot just as a small red car pulls in. Sue, yes, I'm here. She delivers me to the stables where we have a few horses and keep an old pickup. I drive all night and reach the clinic before dawn, park in the back. Out front, the protesters are already gathering, jubilant. They're obviously in contact with the group back at my home. The protesters jeer at the guards. No clinic today, they jeer. Your doctor won't make it in today. Dr. Susan won't make it in today. Doc I cannot stand hearing them one more minute. I walk to the front door and I open it, and for the first time, for the first time, I walk out onto the porch in my scrubs. I'm here, I say. I am here, and there will be clinic today.